Hey, I hope you folks had a great Christmas. I know we did with our family. And, uh, it, you know, it's good, to, it's good to come through the holidays and to walk toward a new year. And this morning, uh, I want to do something a little different as we prepare for 2011. And before I do, would you all stand with me as we uh, begin this time in prayer? Let's stand together. Let's just ask God to bless this time. Heavenly Father, Lord, we we thank You and we praise You for the season that we've been in. Father, we love singing songs about Your Son's birth. And we love to recall what is the hope of our salvation. Father, without Jesus Christ, we would be nothing. Without the baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, we would be nowhere. Father, we would be lost. We would be dead in our sins. But Father, You sent Your Son. And You sent Him to earth for us. For all of mankind. That whoever would believe in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ, would be saved. God, thank You for the gift of Your Son. And now, Lord, as we, as we leave one season and enter a new one, I pray that this next year would be meaningful, would be filled with Your Spirit. I pray that this next year we would be able to consider, Father, what changes, what, what new ventures You might have for us, how we can improve, How we can grow from times of weakness and trial and hardships. Lord, there have been many this past year, individually, in our marriages, in our homes, at work. We've seen many challenges. God, I pray now that You would walk with us forward into a new season. May Your Spirit guide us along the way. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Hey, before you're seated... I want you to do something unique. I've asked you to do this once before a while back. I want you to spread out. I want everybody to spread out. I want you to sit. Make sure you're not seated within arm's distance. I want you to spread away because I want you to focus on you for a moment uh, this morning. So go ahead and spread out and then have a seat. Spread out. Make sure you're not around anyone. And uh, this, is, this is just going to be you and the Lord today. Come on now. Spread out some more. I want to see if you've got to change aisles. You've got to change aisles. That's right. Shall we switch? You know, you guys want to do a little switcheroo? I've had you do this before, and it's, uh, I think it's helpful um, to, to, to spread out sometimes in church because, it, first of all, it changes our perspective. Uh, it, it helps us to see things differently. Um, but secondly, it, it causes us to reflect more on our personal relationship with God. You see, we've come through a a great Christmas season, a time of of family, a time of great tradition, a time of of, of family togetherness and worship and praise. But now we're we're coming into 2011. And it's a new year. And for for many of us, of course, in the new year, we make resolutions. Uh, Raise your hand. Do, Do you make New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand if you regularly make New Year's resolutions. Wow, not very many of you. Only a few of you. Wow. Well, today I'm going to ask you to make some resolutions. Today I'm going to ask you to consider setting 
some spiritual goals. Um, you know, normally we, we are, are preaching and teaching the Word of God in this church. And uh, we are walking through a book of the Bible. We've been going through Romans. And we're going to be uh, continuing in Romans starting next Sunday. But this Sunday I wanted to do something a little bit different. I knew we would have a unique crowd, maybe new friends, family in town, and many would be gone. But for those that were here, I wanted to do something that would be uh, unique and special for you. And so, what the Lord has laid upon my heart is to have a time of reflection. Personal reflection. I want you to consider this morning your relationship with the Lord. I want you to consider its health. I want you to consider its vitality. I want you to consider, has this been a strong year for me spiritually, or has it been a weak year? Have I been growing? Have I been moving forward in my walk with God? Or have I been regressing? Now, for some of you, this might feel a little bit outside the box. You might be thinking, oh, Neil's going all feelings on us today. But I want to assure you, and I'm going to show you a bunch of scriptures to assure you, personal reflection, personal consideration of your own spiritual relationship with God is biblical through and through. It is something that we in the West do probably so little of. And yet it is such a critical aspect of spiritual growth and development. I wanted to show you some scriptures that are meaningful to me as I consider the task of spiritual reflection. First, from Psalm uh, chapter 26, verse 2. Notice what the psalmist writes. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind. And my heart. Examine me. Lord, seek me out. The psalmist goes on to say in another one, Psalm 139, notice this. Search me, O God. You're familiar with this. And know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, David and the psalmist, they they understood the important endeavor of personal reflection on your relationship with God. In fact, that's almost the entire subject of the book of Psalms. It is David going back and forth, sometimes angry, sometimes pleased, sometimes joyful, sometimes frustrated. And he's going back and forth with God, left and right, up and down, through the highs and lows of life. And time and time again, there is the aspect of self-reflection. Preachers are called to, to teach. And we give out content. We give out content. Content about the Word. But until you reflect on that content, until you internalize it, until you, you hear something taught and say, does my life reflect this? You're getting nowhere. This is also seen in the book of Job. Job 31, verse 6. Let me be weighed by honest scales that God may know my integrity. And even when Israel was, was going off into exile, they were crying out to God and seeking self-reflection. And so we see it in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning in verse 40. Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. 
We've seen the Psalms. We've seen Job, which was probably predated the Psalms. We see lamentations, times of exile and struggle, and they're crying out, reflecting through all seasons of life. I think even the Lord Jesus Christ used intentional moments of reflection to build in His disciples their spiritual growth. Notice what it says in Mark chapter 6. It says, And Jesus said to them, the disciples, Come aside. Come aside by yourselves to a departed place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they didn't, have, they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. I would imagine your Christmas has been a little busy. I would imagine you, you had just a, a massive to-do list. You didn't even have time to eat. You were going party to party to dinner to dinner to friends to this and that and store to store. And, you're, and you come through it and you're like, wait a minute, did I even notice Christmas sometimes? And Jesus says, stop. Go away from Be quiet before God. Paul. Paul knew of the value of self-reflection. Galatians 6, if anyone thinks himself to be more high, uh, excuse me, if, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Let him examine his own work. Let there be times of self-analysis. And finally, one that is often viewed as scary but is nothing of the sort is 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, in which Paul writes, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Now, many people read that verse and they get scared. They, they think, oh, self-reflection is a scary thing to do because then you start doubting your salvation. In fact, that's nothing of the sort of what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 13.5. The word disqualified there, adokimos in Greek, is actually the antithesis of dokimos, which means to be approved before Christ, to be approved before God, to receive reward and crown. And Paul talked time and time again that he wanted to be approved, not disapproved before Christ. And when he says in the faith there, he doesn't mean becoming a Christian. That phrase in the faith, were you to do a study on that phrase in Greek throughout the New Testament and in Paul's letters, you would find time and time and time and time again that the words in the faith mean, are you striving with Christ? Are you walking with Christ? Are you walking in the Spirit? And if you have more questions about this verse, I, I would refer you to a previous message in which I, I focused only on this verse. It's, it's on our website. You can check it out. But the point of this verse is to say to you and to me, you need to have moments of pause, friends. David said it. The psalmist said it. Job said it. Jesus said it. Paul said it. Many others. You need to have moments of pause where the preacher's not just spewing out the content, but where the content is being reflected upon. And I can send all of us home with a, uh, with a reflection exercise. But I know me. <laughs> and I, I know you too. And I know that homework around Christmas time doesn't get done. I remember that as a kid. 
There wasn't any homework over Christmas break. So what I want to do this morning is I've spent a good deal of time in developing some questions for you to answer. I've, uh, I've surveyed a lot of what I would call maybe spiritual life inventories, uh, Christian life inventories, in which a, a group of questions in different categories are asked of you to write down answers and to reflect on your personal spiritual health and where you are with God. And right now I'm going to ask the ushers if they would begin to grab those in the back. Uh, right, let's see. Do you have them? Oh, I'm sorry, you do have them. Come on down the aisle. And what I'd like you to do, friends, as the ushers are coming down, is they're going to pass out this sheet. I want to explain it to each of you. I want to, uh, so don't fill it out quite yet until I've explained it. And as they're passing it along, we will begin to explain this sheet. And I want you to take about 15 minutes of quietness before God this morning, evaluating and reflecting upon your life with God. So let's go ahead and pass these out. If we could get a couple others to pass them out as well, just so we could uh, speed it up so we could get to the uh, instruction portion of it. Um, Go ahead and grab a pen. Make sure it works in your pew. If you don't have a pen that works, there should be one right next to it that does. But I'm titling this, uh, this A Christian Life Inventory. Christian Life Inventory. And again, this is an adaptation of a variety of inventories that I have seen and used. And a lot of them are my own questions, so it's kind of a, a potpourri, if you will, of inventory here. These are four pages. And I want to I start by saying, first of all, don't fill it out yet. <laughs> don't fill it out yet. Uh, keep your eyes up for just a second, and then we will get to it. As you look at this sheet, um, I want to I say a few things. Number one... I want to say that your first impression is usually going to be right. Okay, so, so go with your first impression as you read these questions. Don't be too hard on yourself and don't think too highly of yourself. It's one of those moments where, you know, some of us tend to be too hard on ourselves. Others of us tend to think too highly. Let's try to find where we are. Real, humble, honest opinion of ourselves. At the end of each set, as you go through the questions, you're going to circle the number that corresponds to the column. So on the first question, it says, I'm committed to my church and consistent in attendance. If you were a yes, you'd circle two. If you were so-so, you'd circle one. If you were no, you'd circle zero and so on. When you're done with a section, go ahead and total it. It'll be really easy adding. It's only two plus one plus zero and a few others. Go ahead and total it. And there's going to be eight sections that you get through. And as you get to the back... As you're able to, take those eight numbers and total them again on the back. And we're going to reflect on that in just, a, in just a few moments. Now, this may be a little daunting to you at first, but I want to remind you that I actually want you to complete this in about 15 minutes. And the reason I want you to go more quickly is because I, I want you to focus on your first impressions. This is a time of reflection and analysis, no doubt. But generally speaking, your first impression will be a correct one. A few other thoughts and then we'll get started. If you finish early, I want you to reflect on your answers. I want you to um, circle the one or two major sections that are areas of weakness for you. And maybe circle four or five of the individual elements that are major areas of weakness for you. And, uh, and this will be about 15 minutes. Kevin is going to put on some light music in the background. There's going to be a, a loop of these verses behind me. And I just want you and God right now to 
to spend some time together. So would you do that? You and the Lord reflect on your spiritual health as we prepare for a new year together. Well, I I would uh, imagine that some of you uh, are not finished yet, but that's okay. you you got time at home. Uh, We're not going to grade them uh, right now. Uh, You can grade them on your own. Yeah, have you pa- put your name on it and pass them forward, folks. No. No. And you don't get ten points for putting your name on top like I did in high school. Um, listen, was this helpful for you? Was this helpful for you? I want you to consider it. When's the last time you did something like this? I mean, when's the last time... Sure, sure, we evaluate things. We, we sometimes we'll evaluate our marriage. We'll, we'll evaluate our, our job and our, our workplace. When's the last time we, had, we paused and had intentional moments of spiritual reflection? That's what this is. And this, this is just a glimpse of it. This is just a taste of what God wants with you during meaningful moments in this coming year. He wants you to participate in regular moments of reflecting on your spiritual health with Him. He wants you to reflect on how you're growing with Him in these areas. How is how's your church life? How, how is life in the church for you? Are you flourishing in it? Are you participating in it? Are you a contributing part of the body of Christ? How's your knowledge of the Word? Are you strong or are you weak here? How are your spiritual disciplines? Well, this, this was a glaring one for me this year. My spiritual discipline in 2010 was weaker than it's been in years past. I prayed less in 2010. And I felt a bit weaker at times because of that. That's an area of weakness for me. And I'm committing that in the coming year to, to have the Lord improve my prayer life in particular. How's your godly character and lifestyle? Boy, those are some, some of those questions there are, uh, are eye-opening for, for many of us. How are we responding to God in the midst of sin and temptation? Are we putting a hedge around our home? How is our relationship with people? I know that... I know this is a struggle for many of us. Are you bitter toward another right now? Are you just incessantly bitter toward them? That's damaging your spirituality. That is damaging your walk with Christ. And regardless of whether that person has sought forgiveness or not, you need to let it go because Jesus let your sin go. How's your relationship with people? How is your missions in evangelism? Are you actively involved somewhere overseas, whether going or actively praying, pulling aside a missionary, pulling aside Arch, and saying, this year, I'm going to commit to praying for you on every trip. Are you encouraging those going? Are you going yourself? Are you in your community serving someone? How's your family? How's your marriage? How are your children? How is the purity of your relationships? 
How is your emotional state? You know, I, we, sometimes some of you may we may have looked at this last section and thought, well, that's oh, come on, that's again we're getting a little too feeling. So I tell you, that's all the Psalms are: is David expressing emotion, trying to understand why he's feeling the way that he's feeling. Uh, marriage for me has been uh, a travel, uh, a, a, a journey from not understanding my emotions to understanding them. My wife helps me always to understand my emotions, to help me understand why am I feeling the way that I am. That's a healthy thing, friends. It's a healthy thing to be able to recognize before God, God, this is why I'm so frustrated. God, this is why I'm so angry today. Help me not to sin in my anger. Is, are you emotionally healthy? Friends, um, this is not a, a typical sermon. This is not content, content, content. This is taking content that we already know and asking ourselves, am I living this content? This is for you. And it's for you today, and it's for you throughout the coming year. In fact, I, there's many. Co- I left. I made extra copies. So if any of you want to take a, a blank copy, take it with you. This is for you as you approach the new year. I want you to reflect upon this in the coming days, and I want you. I, I challenge you today. I challenge you today to make some resolutions based on what you see here. You don't want. A mediocre relationship with God. I don't know where you scored. My score wasn't as good as I want it to be. I'll tell you that much. And some, of, and, and I should say this too: the scoring. I mean, it, again, this is this is not scientific here, friends. You can't mathematically gauge spiritual health. This is a guide. And but the scoring's tough, and it's meant to be tough because I think that we all need to be challenged to strive excellently with the Lord Jesus Christ. To strive well with the Spirit of God. And so this coming year, before the turn of the new year, I want you to make some resolutions. I want you to pick one of these sections. Maybe two. I want you to pick four or five of these elements. And I want you to resolve before God that you will seek to improve in these areas. That you are asking Him, inviting His help, saying, God, I want Your help. Right here, in this spot, in my prayer life. Help me to be more prayerful. Help me to be consistent. And not only is this for you, but this is for others. Because I want you to be bold. And I want you to share this with someone who is significant in your life. Your spouse. A close friend. Maybe you don't have an accountability partner. Maybe this is... Reason enough to go out and find them. I can assure you, there are men and women who would love to meet with you in this church who want to love on you and just pull you along in the faith and, 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 and to have mutual fellowship. I mean, we're, we're nobody's perfect up here. I'm not. The elders aren't. We are men striving to be what God has asked us to be. But if you need someone to hold you accountable, find that person. Don't go another day without it. You don't want a mediocre relationship with God. So share it. It's not just for you. And finally, the goal. The goal here in all of this, Peter speaks of the goal. This is what Peter writes. That the genuineness of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to be to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, friends, Jesus is coming again. And when He comes, we want to be found well. We want to be found in Him healthy and strong and striving. What else is there in life? Money? We're not going to take that with us. Fame? We're not going to take that with us. All that we have is the people in this room and our families and our relationship with God. And it's what we do here and with those who are lost that really matters. And so we approach a new year and I say this is the goal. That our faith would be tested and tried and that we would be striving into the new year. Walking in the Spirit of the Lord. I said this wasn't going to be a typical Sunday. Um, but for me, it's not at all disappointing not to hear a, a sermon. It's refreshing for me to spend time with God. And for me to be motivated now to go back and spend more time with Him. To make resolutions for the coming year. And in conclusion, I want to say this. If any of you would like to share with me those resolutions, I want to hear them. I want to hear them. Because I want to pray for you. I want you to email me. Give me a phone call. The elders, let us know what your resolutions are. Let us know how we can be praying for you. That we may all grow up together in Christ in the coming year. Amen? Let's close in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank You for this morning. I thank You, Father, for unusual mornings. Lord, the church is about letting Your Spirit move in and through us. Father, we are the body of Christ. We who have believed in Jesus, we are indwelt by Your Spirit. And Father, we confess that there are times that though Your Spirit is within us, that we completely ignore what You're doing in our lives. We confess that, Father, before You. And I ask, Lord, that You would help us, as You've shown us through Your Word, to be a people who self-evaluates, who, within reason, and at times when it's necessary, who think about and meditate upon our spiritual health with You. God, we've, we've put forth just a guide this morning. There's no foolproof method here, Lord. There's no, there's no equation. This is a spiritual matter. But God, it is our hope that Your Spirit would use this time to spur in us future spiritual resolution. God, show us where we are weak and let us not be content in that weakness. Show us where we fail and let us be saddened by that failure. And let us be resolved to grow in the coming year. I pray that not one here, Father, would leave not having resolved to grow in the coming year. Not having resolved to find someone in this room or in their family or in their life who can be a mentor and an encourager to them as we move forward with You. God, help us in the coming year. Help me. Help our elders. Help our church leadership. 
to be men and women of integrity, of vitality, of spiritual health. And we trust you, Father, for great results in the year ahead. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.